Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show, and welcome 2024. It's a new bright year. Yes, How's it, it is. going? It, well, it's starting with snow. At least not yet. Not yet, but it will start with snow. It's but, promised. Let's see. No, let's see if it will it, be snow. Yeah. It, it, it has been extremely mild. It has been winter extreme. so far. Yes. Producer Dave, where are you on the Bill Belichick getting canned on uh, on uh, Black Monday? Not getting canned on Black Monday. Would you have canned him by now? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would have canned him after Germany. Germany was such a bad game. <laughs> I think if they can him, then they can't get anything for him if he goes someplace else, right? Isn't that the, uh, the I think, deal? I don't know. Uh, that, that's why I'm asking. I, I've gone back and forth on this so many times. He brought us so much joy over the years, but he looks like a walking corpse and just a cloud of negativity. So, yes. Are you available to coach, Didi? Because your no-nonsense approach could be what this team needs. <laughs> no, no. N- not the- he will stay as a commentator. Uh, I'll stay as a commentator. <laughs> also... Most people don't understand being a football head coach is a serious, serious, serious hard job. And you don't know anything about coaching. Uh, that 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 doesn't. It doesn't that, stop you from that, doing stuff. But that's yes. yeah. I but, think that's the one job you shouldn't take. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we are back into normalcy. The yes. year started better. Yes, although. A Although, because of how the year started, this is driving me to, towards our discussion topic of security theater, because we flew to meet my mom. Yeah, we already with, talked about that in a sp- couple of episodes, I think. Speaking uh, of old people with a lot of negativity, we met, went to meet my mom in L.A., so I encountered the TSA twice, especially the one back from L.A. that decided to give Ron an anal probe for no good reasons besides him being Ron. And... Uh, then we had the mortgage thing, which is the dumbest process I've ever seen. And that started to make me think of how much security theater we have in our lives. And I wanted to talk about, is it valuable, not valuable? And let's start with that. Let's so, start with defining security theater yes, and give some examples yes. to those that don't know the term. But I think many of our listeners do know the term, but let's start with that. Yes. So from my perspective, security theater is doing something that everybody knows has no value in security whatsoever, and you go through the motions just to pretend as if there's security. Example. Example. When you fly. No. Let's start with the easiest one. Uh, You you want to talk about TSA or you want to talk about flights? No. I want to start with the easiest one. Okay. The lock on your house. That's complete security theater. You know why it's security theater? Because you can break the glass and come from the window. Exactly. Most of our houses have tons of windows, and you just throw a chair through the door, and, you, and you're in. So that's really secure. So the lock on your door is very much security theater. It's, it's meant to kind of protect you or at least mentally protect you from the guy next door that doesn't have a locked door. So let's say there's a junkie walking through your house, your neighborhood. He goes door by door, tries to come in. And Those that by mistake will yes. <laughs> try to get in, the, the confused... The confused uh, elderly. Yeah. And you see that people practice it like all the time. Like your mom, every time, every time we visit, your mom visits our house, she locks the door. 
like double bolted. I mean, how many times you go to bed and ask me, did you lock the door? And I was like, whatever. Yes. And you're like, no, yeah, I go yeah. back and you go back and lock it. Yes. Lock the door. But, but that, but that's because uh, it gives you, and, and I think that is the point. We'll talk about it. It's psychological safety. Yes. It gives you, it, it's a sense of security, which we all need, especially in certain circumstances. For example, flying, which people associate with some kind of risk. They've seen movies about flight hijacking and all kinds of terror attacks. And they want to know they're safe. So you need to give them a sense of psychological safety, even if it's false. One of the movies that I like most is Fight Club. I think it's legendary. I think people don't appreciate how much it shows the human basic needs to have animal instincts as well as yes. this sense of security. And I love this part in the beginning when he tells about how this whole thing of the air mask, the oxygen mask coming in and the whole charade of like what will happen when if the plane needs to be evacuated. How many times can you really evacuate a plane that is crashing? Actually, yeah. there was a case, I think this week, of a plane, maybe in Tokyo, in Japan, in Japan. I don't know, in Tokyo. that went in flame and they managed to rescue everyone. And that was on the ground. That was on the ground after landing. And um, and also Sully was able to land it on the Hudson. And oh, yeah, that's that's legendary. Yes. Uh, but that's rare. Um, but, but still, we want to know that, oh, the airlines thought about this unique circumstances and they have a plan. No, yes. they don't. Uh, there is no plan. Uh, but yeah, you gotta put the uh, masks on. So same as uh, the TSA that uh, one guy twenty years ago tried to blow us with his boots, and since then everybody's taking off their shoes. Oh, the the liquid. The oh, the liquids. liquids. Oh, the um, liquids. I think the yeah. liquids. I think the liquids is actually politics. It's the guys that sell us about a diet coke for five bucks on one side and for two bucks on the other side. Trying to screw us over because the T, it's TSA approved, so you buy the Diet Coke on the inside. Yeah, it might be that it's like the tax-free shops on the, the other side shop, that don't exactly. want to change it. I mean, it's nowhere in the world other than in the U.S. Yeah. So, you know. No, it, no, it no, just, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Israel, you can put whatever drinks you want through. Nobody checks the drinks. Okay. So um, that, that actually. Only U.S. The, well, when you talk about Israel. And the U.S. in terms of the flight security, that brings us to another topic, which is related to security theater, is the difference between security theater, and that's another part of the politics of uncomfort. Because a lot of times, let's talk about now in our business of security theater and not. So Cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. Hey, guys, before you move along, do you want to see a little bit of the clip that you're referring to? Of course. Absolutely. Of course. That's like my favorite two actors. of safety. Yeah, I guess so. You know why they put oxygen masks on planes? So you can breathe. Oxygen gets you high. In a catastrophic emergency, you're taking giant panic breaths. Suddenly you become euphoric, docile. You accept your fate. It's all right here. Emergency water landing, 600 miles an hour. Blank faces, calm as Hindu cows. That's, a, that's an interesting theory. What do you do? What do you mean? Well, Absolutely. Yes, safety. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about the psychology and of accepting 
bad fate yes. when it happens. And by the way, Lital really loves Edward Norton. She's a big, big fan. I'd marry him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you remember, we had Stravish over. And when we were talking about compliance, he said that think of the, the fact that most compliance processes today at most security companies is basically the equivalent of giving your New Year resolution. And that's why I was th- starting to think about this because, hey, New Year, New Year resolution. I have no New Year resolution. Exactly. So people basically saying, you know what, let's submit our New Year resolutions, which is what people submit into the SOC too. versus what they actually do in their actual processes and their actual metrics. So it's, it is a security theater. Everybody makes money. People bring in auditors. Everybody goes through the motions and the processes. Red taping, legal. You, you need to and, show what you're doing. The same of us applying for a mortgage. Yes. Well, that... We'll is, get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But if, that's when we are going to talk about profiling. When you look at the hierarchy of the process... It's a little bit like the joke with the credit card and my mom. So my mom always said that she pays with credit card as she does her spending because the credit company is happy, the, the vendor is happy. The only person that's not happy, she's happy when she gets the stuff and if she buys stuff at the grandkids, she's happy and the grandkids are happy. The only person that's not happy is my dad when he gets the credit card bill. So for one unhappy person, should we stop the, all that happiness and celebration? Now, when we talk about this, Now, it's the same thing. The, when you do the security theater for compliance, you get the auditor companies are happy they make money. The executive are happy because they have a CYA. They say, hey, we run our compliance. We even use the framework. If there's an advisor company, they, they even make more money. If people do, you have more jobs because people work on the compliance stuff. Right now, I have basically two engineers that are up to their eyeballs doing SOC 2. So everybody, everybody, everybody's happy. And of course, when you try to sell something, you set, you send. It you, runs the economy. It runs the economy. So it makes everybody feel happy. So that's, uh, at least from my perspective, the bad part of the security. Why is it bad? Everybody's happy. Then jobs created and people, you keep them busy. But they're still my dad. And eventually a hacker will come in and all you'll do is put a patch on a patch. Like... Sarbanes-Oxley was supposed to stop one for, form of fraud and there's another one. So you create more bulk and you stop dynamic movement. But there is also important value for security property, as, for security theater. As we mentioned, it also does drive the economy and it does allow people to not get stuck. And that's the important part. So it, there's... What do you mean by not get stuck? So think of why... Airport security was established to begin with. In the 70s, there was all the terror on the airlines. Yep. People refused to fly. After 9-11, people refused to fly. And you need to create some level of, of the government telling people, don't worry. We're on it. We're on it. We're doing something. We're, we're taking care of this. And they try and try and try and try. And... The more effort you put into this, there's also an element of fake until you make it. I'll give you an example of one of the things that came in into compliance that actually is a good thing that is a fake until you make it. As, as somebody that used to work in EDR, one of the most important things is vulnerability management. Vulnerability management right now is so ingrained in us, mm-hmm. in our security, 
It is part of the theater, but it's actually an important thing. The other one is security education. We had Gabi here. Everybody goes through the motion of security education. And occasionally, I'm, I'm not saying that it's like the blind hand finds a, finds a nut or something like that. I'm really good, I'm really bad with the American metaphors. So blind squirrel finds a nut. That's, that's that. So the, it's not that. I, I've seen this when Gabi's company was doing this. I saw that people were starting to ask me questions. So going through the motions of the theater sometimes teaches you what to do. So think of the, 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 that waterborne landing, Sully landing on the Hudson. The fact that everybody saw that, that video allowed people to go off the plane safely. So this is part of the importance of security theater. It, it does solve several problems, and it does allow you to have a process to improve your security. Yeah, it's like, I think, I, 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 during the pandemic, there was this Swiss cheese yeah. metaphor yeah. that you have few layers and because you align them one to each other, even if you have holes, because you have a bunch of them, they will block most yes. uh, at the end of the day. I think in the pandemic, they talked about you have vaccination and you have mask and you have six feet and all those kind of things. And even though each one of them is not really good and not perfect, all of them together are kind of helping. So you're saying, if I get you right, that, well, this whole thing is, at the end of the day, not super effective. The fact that we have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of here and there, the whole patch together is kind of a blanket that is probably helpful, plus it does put some awareness into those areas that are risky. My, my problem is that at the same time, it may not just put awareness, it might put false sense of security. And yes. this is what I, I, I'm worried about. Yes. The story of Israel before October 7th building a great electronic fence and saying it will shoot whoever touches it. And next thing, they just blow off the cameras and open the fence. Yeah. So uh, it gave a false sense of safety and security that made Israel not put the armed vehicles to actually sit at the border and secure it. And that's what I'm, I'm always worried about. The psychological safety is important. We cannot go throughout our days with anxiety about everything. Otherwise, like, like, as you said, it's a stop. We're not going to fly. Like transacting online. If, if, yeah, if, I'm if, not going to put my credit card online. It's going to be immediately hacked or any of that. We have to go on economy needs to fly. Yes. But when are we crossing this line of being feeling too safe when this is not the truth? So this is where, and I think when you touched on the, the fence, and this is where I wanted to actually use the mortgage situation the same way. It's when a situation is unpleasant and people don't want to touch the unpleasantness. And because of that, they built security theater. Security theater is important, very much like if we were dealing with the, going to a doctor and we know that they have a playbook or security has a playbook. These things are important. But a lot of times they replace 
the uncomfortable conversations. When we talk about traveling out of Israel, Israel is shameless about profiling. If you or I try to get out, somebody basically waves their hand and we go through. Somebody else gets an anal probe. When you do the mortgage, they're afraid to do, like, build profiles. So what happens... It's probably illegal. That's I, the I, reason. I, I don't know if it's illegal. I don't know if it's not illegal. I don't know what's the reasons or not. But th- what they do is, is they do go through that Swiss cheese process that you just mentioned. So when you and I got the, our first mortgage, we we're here in the U.S. for less than a year. They had no data about us. And all our answers was, hey, we don't have that data. They, so they just took a look at our W-2s and said, oh, okay, we're good. All we had at the time is salary. All the time. Basically. A, exactly. Now we have... And it passed through immediately. And it passed through immediately because that was the only data point. I don't even know if we managed to submit tax return. Maybe well, we it did. was one. We, we had to. We one had tax. To. No. Um, we, it was just... 2012. We had to might have been just before that. I don't no, no, know. no, no, no. 2012. Okay. Trust so we me. had one tax return exactly. in the U.S. at the time. Exactly. Yeah. So to my point is they had no data, so they didn't bug us. We, we basically were... Uh, they, they knew nothing. They did nothing. And we went through. Right now, there's... We, we have millions of data points. So they keep asking about every data point under the sun, but it's actually just make your life miserable when they actually need to get to a very simple number, a math-based number of debt-to-income ratio. And if they don't have the systems and track the numbers, and this comes back to the security organizations and uncomfortable conversations, this is where... The lack of data and the lack of understanding of your systems and your processes causes that false sense of security because you're under, you're basically performing your theater on one door. Think of this as like, um, in many cases, you make all the passengers go through a very, very tight regulation of inspection, but then the employees that work on the on the ground get no in, no inspection, and basically you let everybody come in. Which happens <laughs> all the time. Like I I wonder sometimes how much they actually check over time. Also, like maybe they do one screening to get somebody to work uh, at an airport, but do they check them over time? Maybe uh, they they change. Maybe now they're in touch with a terrorist group. I don't yeah, know exactly. Uh, so. The, no, the, the inability to manage data effectively because of insensitivities. So we were talking about this, that a lot of times privacy rules prevent us from actually building the right algorithms. Other things prevent us from doing the right methodologies. So we end up, because we are uncomfortable dealing with the real problem, then we build security theater. To deal with the things we can deal with, to the deal easy with, stuff. To deal with the easy stuff and not deal with the hard problems. Right. So so just to, to be very explicit so people understand what we're talking about, it's really hard to look at a person going through security check-in, check check-in in the airport and ask who the person is, what well, he's doing in his free time. Or profiling ahead of time, uh, uh, basically. Exactly. I mean, it's, again, probably... 
illegal because of privacy issues. So all you do is, okay, I'm going to let him take his shoes off and try to see if he has a water bottle in his uh, uh, backpack. So, uh, or it's expensive to, to polygraph all your employees once a year and, and you rather do outsource the cleaning to... Oh, you do it once they're in. I mean, you could have a great employee once he's in, but 10, 10 years in, maybe now he's shady and doing other stuff. But, Or he's in debt. Or he's in debt. What's the equivalent for cybersecurity? So the equivalent to cybersecurity, first, is the privacy regulations, which makes people always afraid to implement. The other thing that people are not willing to, to do is to think holistically of your user experience. So what happens is people just rather pile on things. Remember, right now, I, I was just so happy over the, the break because I think CVS asked me for a passkey and I think uh, three of the, the banking applications asked me for a passkey. I was so, so, so happy because right now, finally, we're, we're actually doing security the right way. And somebody's invested in actually doing security the right way. But most places, it's expensive to replace the front door. It's, it's expensive to build the applications right. It's hard to actually do a good SDLC training. Good security development lifecycle training is expensive. So most of the time, people would rather you see a video for 15 minutes, click OK, and And hope that you actually learn it's something. It's not just the training. It's actually enforcing. reviewing it, enforcing it, reviewing it over time. I mean, application oh. security is probably one of the hardest areas. So it's not one of the hardest areas. It's just it, it, it's, it's a challenging thing. So there, there's companies like Sneak out there and use them. And think of, uh, of what is – you need to go back to the mortgage example. One of the things that nobody does – Because it's so hard. It's a hard question to ask. Is what is your risk-to-value offering? And this is something that when we were building ORT, we did all the time. Oleg, Anton, me, Oded used to talk on those Sunday calls that we have and say, if we implement this control, how will it impact development, impact velocity, impact value? And what amount of risk are we taking on? What sort of data do we have? And what sort of but for that you need to have informed employees and be willing to have very much like in the mortgage example as somebody that's willing to take a risk for your user experience because they say that the risk is low and somebody that's willing to say and a lot of this has to come from knowledge and understanding that this risk is high and we shouldn't accept it so for example if you build something that talks to a cloud-based application make sure that things like their keys are in a safe place. There's things that you need to know and you need to understand how the, the architecture of your application works. And that's hard. It's also understanding your employees, running the background checks. It's unpleasant to run background checks on employees. People kind of wiggle and, and I know the, these people from, no, do the unpleasant thing. So it's unpleasantness. There's, It's hard not in terms of money. It's hard in terms of knowledge. So very much like producer Dave was joking with us before, can I replace Bill Belichick? I, I, I don't know if a quarterback spiral is good. I hear some of the, ex, the experts say 
the O line stands this way or that. I don't know this. I, it's not that I can do. I don't even know how to do this. So security, I know, but hiring somebody that actually knows is hard. Measuring if this person knows is hard. So people feel both uncomfortable to collect information that they feel uncomfortable collecting, because it's it's a hard question to have, and developing the right way is hard, and hiring the right developers is hard. So they rather put a tape on top of it of security theater. It makes me go to my next question, and, and I have an idea how to answer it. We, we, and I'll see if you agree with me. How can we build uh, the security theater, which we agree is important in a way, that it would actually become less of a theater and become more of helping with security? I thought about you talking about this unpleasant part. Yes. And when I'm, I'm thinking about how to get clear or TSA pre-approved or, or global entry or whatever, they actually make you go through this unpleasantness, give up some of your privacy rights and let them check you up, do the whole process, background check you, review you, and you need to undergo this and renew every five years or so, so you need to undergo it again and again. And under this, I think, security theater, you consenting to getting through less of a theater and, and understanding it, you give away some of your rights, your privacy and so, for the, the pleasantness of a faster you. So, so I, I wonder if there are ways to build, build in this kind of... Incentive uh, program? Maybe, or, or other other ways, or if you would be the one to redesign the security theater, how can you make it less of a theater and more of an actual security? So let's start with real security. Let, let, you know what? Let's actually start with the airport. But it's actually relevant to both security and the airport and in the not airport. First, understand your risk to your reward value. Understand what's your, your risk factor. Understand what is acceptable risk and establish that. Then hire people that know UX because the user experience, both in the airport and if you look at Clear, for example, you chose Clear. That's a good example. They really thought of the user experience. Yeah. You feel like a VAP. Because somebody escorts you, exactly. gets you in. You don't need to do the whole thing when it doesn't work. They tell you step closer, step further, blah, exactly. blah, blah. You feel special. So you paid for this and you and, feel special. And you yeah. feel special. So the user experience is a really important part because there was an article about Clear, the fact that now the lines in Clear are actually longer than the, in the, the li- t- Yeah, in the in, TSA, TSA only. But, but, uh, and sometimes people, even longer than the regular lines. Yeah, but people stand in there because they want to feel special. So think of the user experience. Make the user experience aligned with your security goals. If you do that, think of the login experience. The fact I think uh, this is where, and, and I highly recommend going to our old episode with Gabi, he really understood the user experience of security training, making it fun, funny, great videos, shareable videos. He drives user experience into something that is mundane. Nobody likes security training. Yes. Yes. So, for example, if we, and and this applies everywhere, the user experience applies everywhere. It applies in the mortgage and in TSA, 
in your security audits, in your security training, in your security development. If the user experience is good, people are willing to undergo more. And the more that people are willing to undergo, as, as long as you did the first analysis of the risk-to-value ratio, now you understand where you want to go. Oh, yeah. I, I can give the example of the – I would completely redesign a UI for the mortgage thing that every time they ask us for one of those uh, explanations of our properties in Tel Aviv and whatever, they will show us – how we move in the process yes. and the way, give an explanation is, of why it's needed, not just a black box. Yeah. Only if they had this little of a system telling us this is stage, I don't know, one out of 25 or, or you progress 25% in the process or anything other than not feeling like a black box of us throwing uh, spaghetti at the wall, that would have been nice. Actually, I would show the the risk metrics i would do more i would not where we are in the process but actually show the impact of the data towards our improved risk think of we we had a whole bunch of people that was testing kenna scores being able to show a risk score value and by the way a lot of the risk score companies are completely security theater they make up security numbers. I know I've made up a shitload of But people love this. But like, people love them. You're down from 80% insecure to now 25. Exactly. Whatever but, that means. But it, making this actually a reality, now this is good. So this is kind of making this just requires you to design your UX, understand your actual risks, and actually move towards reducing your risk for real. And that's about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it, it's kind of these topics that they're never going to be perfect. And I think we always complain, but the message that we, we don't want to kill security theater because we think it's needed. Yes. Uh, otherwise, everything that happens, people will stop. I really love the reality that a decade ago when I just more than a decade. Then when I started working in security, there was all this FUD and fear-mongering around breaches. And nowadays, it's we know it's inevitable. I prefer today's reality because the fear-mongering wasn't helpful. Yep. Uh, when we used to say, oh, you will be breached. Then the, the the people so stop many. doing business. Yeah, and and like then we we when we saw Target getting breached, the Home Depot getting breached, and people thought, oh, the business going to collapse. They're going to go out of business. Well, they haven't. The sun comes out. The world doesn't collapse. We just need to get better and the implications, unfortunately. But yes, I mean, sad stuff happens in the world, and we still wake up the day after and keep on going. So I think that's healthier and that's important. And if we need to put some facade in place for people to feel that they can go on with their lives, we have to. But I do want everyone to think how we can actually use the theater to drive security and not just the Not the other facade. way around, not just the facade. And for sure, not to just give a false sense of security when actually all you have is a house of cards that will completely break the minute you're here. So I, I would love people to think about whatever they did this year in the SOC 2, in the compliance, in the things. Think, 
how much of it was, and you just say to yourself, you don't need to talk with anyone, but say to yourself, how much is BS and it's fine. You put some BS in it. Okay. But how much did you put in it that you can wholeheartedly say, yes, it gives me visibility to things I should do better and use it. Be frank with yourself. Try to use those things, not just for the security theater, but for actual improvement. What is your ending thoughts? My ending thoughts are that our lives are security theater. And I'll give you my... You uh, know that you're going to eventually die. Uh, first, my dad used to <laughs> say that, that, that life is a sexually transmitted disease with 100% mortality. That's, that was my dad's nice Jewish optimism. And from my perspective, there's another thing of inevitable. So the nerds in, in, that like Marvel, like our kids, will tell you that Thanos said, I am inevitable. And very much like Thanos is inevitable, the asteroid that's going to wipe out everybody here is inevitable. The question is, it, is it coming now? Is it coming next year? Is it coming tomorrow? So think about the fact that we're flying on a mud ball in a very insane speed that's has a thin layer of rock on top of a mountain of lava that can blow up every, any given time and be hit by another rock at any given time. So, You sound I, like Ron, like a son. I, I am not. So I am happy because life is inevitable, but so is death. So security theater on the biggest risks, very much like in the speech song that will hit you, is not everything you worry about. It's some thing that will hit you on an idle Tuesday that you never th- saw before. So don't worry. Be happy. Be happy. All right. With that, I think we can come to a conclusion of today's episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, if you like a show, please rate and review us wherever you get your, post- your podcast. Share it with your friends. If you want to be on the show, reach out to Didi or to myself. Have another great week. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>